0: Welcome to the Ignite Agility Podcast. Here's your host, Angela Johnson. Welcome to another edition of Ignite Agility. Today, I have the privilege of having my teammate, Christian Antoine.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Today, we're talking about a comment that has a recurring theme that we've heard from students lately. Uh, Christian and I both are teaching not only the Certified Scrum Master Course, which is kind of a Scrum 101, but we also are teaching the Advanced CSM. And uh, a recurring theme that we get as feedback is that we teach more of a mindset than the mechanics.
1: Would you agree? Agreed. That's the feedback we get. We've actually started to say it now going forward is that's what we're hearing is the difference uh, we talk about mindset first and mechanics second, but you have to have both. It's it's a symbiotic relationship because there's there's differences if you take one over the other and, and don't focus on both.
0: Now that's a big vocabulary word for Christians, so let's break that down. So symbiotic relationships typically focus on, you know, species. And it's not that we're saying that, you know, agile is, you know, species or something like that. But if it were When you look at a symbiotic relationship, they are sometimes beneficial and they are sometimes harmful and you can only achieve balance when they work well together. So it's not that you have mindset over mechanics or that you have mindset instead of mechanics or that you have mechanics instead of mindset. You have to have
1: both. Agreed. And if you think about how we worked. Uh, Up until Scrum, I, I didn't know any other way than to do what was traditional project management. So we've had it ingrained in us through a lot of muscle memory, the mechanics of this, and we see it. We see people come to us, they get excited, they want to try a new way of work, they hear about mindset, and then if we're called in to help, we will see the muscle memory of mechanics kick in over that new mindset. And it's not with malice that they do this, it just happens, and that's one of the things that we can help with is seeing that or getting them to see that uh, mindset alone. Hey, just go do whatever you want. Uh, you're just agile. Go be agile. It makes it pretty chaotic. And if we just lock ourselves into the mechanics of this is how you do it and lose that mindset, it can actually be dangerous.
0: Uh, and that's the phone call that I had with one of our graduates this morning. He said that the woman that he's uh, working with at the, at his client said I guess Agile's more of a mindset. So from a mechanics perspective, just do whatever you want to. And my response to that was, um, no, because that means chaos. And it's not that these frameworks like Scrum, Extreme Programming, Feature-Driven Development, Dynamic System Development, all these different frameworks under the Agile umbrella, it's not that they're uh, chaotic. They're actually more disciplined when used as directed. So my, my point to him was, yes, you do need the mindset because without that mindset, you can actually misuse the mechanics to do exactly what you were just talking about, which is falling back into that muscle memory of project management, or just falling back into working the old way.
1: Right.
0: It's only through rote repetition of the mechanics as intended that breeds that aha moment in our students and in our clients.
1: Yeah, and and what you're getting to is the Shu Ha Ri. You know, there's three stages of learning if you look at anybody who does, uh, especially in Aikido. But in martial arts, there's three ways of learning. Shu is practicing these principles as intended, even though you may not understand. We don't know what we don't know. But because of the practices of the principles, you get to the aha, where theory and principle merge. This is why we do it this way. And then hopefully you can move on to mastery, which is, you understand it it might even be hard for you to explain it but true masters are able to simplify the principles even more and make them understood Uh, you know the enemy of scrum sutherland did that uh sutherland did that when was that uh podcast a while ago it was a scrum at scale one and he even wrote in there said in there that you know the enemy of scrum right now is is not our old way of working it's it's actually bad scrum and I'm seeing it as well. I don't know if you've seen it other places, but you know, people start off this, they they are locking in on mechanics without the mindset or mindset without the mechanics. And then there's like this heightened excitement and then it tapers off. And then it becomes, well, that didn't work here. But then you got to ask the question, did we really do it as intended? Doesn't mean we're perfect at it, but can we at least grow that muscle memory of the new stuff?
0: Well, yeah, and I wouldn't call it ways of working. Shuhari is really a progression. Because that shoe, like the video we show in our classes is the karate kid uh, training montage where Daniel's painting the fence and, and Mr. Miyagi, his master, even corrects him on the way he's holding his wrist. And Daniel doesn't know why and he gets all pissed off because he's like, there's I'm doing this guy's chores, I'm not learning anything. But he only achieves his ha, his aha moment when he says, "Oh, there is a method to the old man's madness. There's a reason I hold my wrist this way, because then when somebody comes at me, I'm better prepared to counteract their movement. So the mechanics, I think you could go to anybody and learn, but there's a lot of people teaching those incorrectly, and they don't understand the disservice that they're doing to those students and to those clients, because what's happening is those people aren't achieving their aha moment. They're just sliding right back into what they know, and then you see this water scrum, scrum, or fall, scrum but whatever, and they never achieve change. They never actually change the way they're doing work, which, quite frankly, is the whole goal.
1: Exactly. And you see it in other ways, too, where that muscle memory will kick in when somebody, uh, you know, like a project management office, you know, then what, how do you do this when this thing, Agile, comes in? And you'll see people who are just basically recreating PMOs with the name Agile on it. Uh, that's that's more muscle memory, too, is that we're not actually changing. And it becomes about the word agile and not about the problems they should be solving or the problems that they couldn't get solved with their old way of work.
0: The one that came up in class recently was, that was so funny to me was, well, we don't do our daily scrum every day. We, we do a daily scrum twice a week. <laughs> I'm like, I'm What's like, the word
1: daily mean? I'm
0: like, okay, it's a daily scrum. They're like, no, 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 no. There's two meetings. There's too many meetings. So we only need that status twice a week. And I said, it's not a status meeting. They're like, yes, it is. And I'm like, no, it's not. The daily scrum is a transparency inspect and adapt mechanism on the sprint goal. It's not a status meeting. So now an organization who's talking about the sprint goal on a daily basis has an opportunity to find visibility into what's impeding the goal what's been done and what we could possibly pull in to deliver more value in the sprint. So those people you know, who say, oh, we only do it twice a week. I said, so what you're saying to me is your organization wants no visibility into where we're at and the goal except twice a week. And if there's a problem, you're okay with delaying addressing that problem for two to three business days. Well, we'll, we'll no. No. that's not what we want well then why are you behaving in a manner that's reinforcing that
1: another way I've heard that is there's anything we learned yesterday that makes us rethink how we're gonna need to approach today to make sure we make our goal did we learn anything yesterday from that experiment that makes us rethink about how we're gonna do today or did we learn we're good hey we're good keep going hey we found out something that if we don't change we're our goals in jeopardy you know The studies are out. Anytime you have a team that checks with themselves at least once every twenty-four hours, is a much more tendency to become a high-performing team, which is what this is all about.
0: You know, frameworks aren't bad. You know, people talk about, well, why does Scrum have rules? There's there's minimal rules. So if you think about a football game, right, American game of football, if you said it's really more of a mindset. So you guys are gonna play, but mechanically, everybody just do what you want. Uh, you'd have some pretty upset people. You'd have a very different result. Rules provide shared understanding. So it doesn't really matter what you do. Doesn't matter if you mm-hmm. do Scrum, doesn't matter if you do extreme programming, feature driven development, dynamic system development. Pick one, pick one that you all agree on and then agree to improve with each other. So whatever, you know, things you evolve to or whatever, you know, rules that we decide we want to change, we're doing that from an experiential basis that's going to reinforce this mindset of continuous improvement, continuous delivery, continuous value to the customer, and we are changing those mechanics together, not chaotically for no reason, but with good reason.
1: I get this in my classes, you know, I, I can see the eyes go, but you know, so you're saying you need to do these rules, these minimum rules, even though they're minimum, but where I work, there's just, there's just no way I can put this in place as intended right as I come back from this class. And my answer, and please tell me your answer is like, you know, we understand that there's everybody has different contexts, but it's, you just got to get started. So to your point, what, what can you do for now? And not that the for now becomes forever because continuous improvement should not let you do this. You should not be able to apply this and keep it the same way, because that's where you do say, well, this is how we do it. Well, is it evolving? No, then you've got the wrong idea. You start where you can start, you list off together the things that don't let us do what is intended, and hopefully you systematically, at least one per sprint, improve those so that you can keep removing those things that are stopping you from doing it as intended, fully giving yourself awareness, permission to say, for now, but not forever. This is what we have to do to solve that problem or to go towards the idea of what we're going towards.
0: Yeah, I tell people to just start also, but I also remind them, you're the master of Scrum. You're the Scrum Master. You're Mr. Miyagi. Your job is to show them how to make this change. Your job is to teach them. Your job is to guide them. Because if they didn't need you, (laughs) well, that's not job security. (laughs) So... They have to understand that that is their job. Now that they've achieved this understanding, it's their job to go in there and help people get started in whatever way they can, however big or however small.
1: Another example in addition to the daily Scrum would be retrospectives. What's the output of the retrospective? It should be a Kaizen, one good change. So if you are unable to do Scrum as intended when you start, That's a great spot that you could start to identify things that either the team or leaders can help with. Uh, I had this happen to me, I wasn't doing that. I was just having the what went well, what didn't go well. Which is not a way to hold a retrospective. Exactly, this was before I was certified. And it didn't take long for team members to come up to me as the Scrum Master and say, do we really have to do a retro this sprint? And that was the lesson, you know, they're not seeing value out of it. Why? Because why do we do this? It's for improvement. Um, Sutherland was here in April for the scrum gathering in Minneapolis and talked about the ideal sprint length being one week and nine years into this, I thought he wants faster delivery. He wants more delivery. He wants, no, he wants his team to have 52 chances to improve their process throughout the year. And that was a bell. Uh, that was your aha moment? That was my aha. They, uh, the team that sprints once a month, that's only 12 times to get better in the year on their process. The team that's doing two-week sprints, which we all know is pretty much the industry standard, they have 26 opportunities to improve their process. And if that team is set up to be a component team and the rest of the component teams around them are running two-week sprints and there's five component teams, that's a 10-week cycle for that whole entire process to improve five times in a year. Versus a team that's set up to be a feature team, they can improve their process. And if they're running one-week sprints, 52 times a year, which one do you think is going to be a higher-performing team? So when we hear about companies not holding retrospectives, you know, the question could be, wait a minute, you, you don't want to have an opportunity to improve? Then we run into the cobbler's kids never having shoes, the mechanic's cars never run. Every team has to work on and work in what they're doing.
0: So mindset and mechanics, you need both.